Welcome to the very first edition of the Sweet Spot Podcast. I'm Rose Holly Perry, and I'm a transformation mentor for creative folks, helping them build awesome, geeky, spiritual, and financially fulfilling lives they want to wake up to every day. Want to be geeky, spiritual seeking, spend time with your friends and your family, be creative, and make money? You absolutely can, but you can't get there just by following anyone else's rules. It's all about finding your sweet spot. Every week on this podcast, I'll be having authentic conversations with people who have found their path and their own personal sweet spot. We'll dive deep into how they manage to do what they're truly passionate about, be themselves, and generally love life. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. When he saw the cold steel barrel of that gun poking from underneath the bed, he knew someone was going to die that day. He just didn't know who. Mike Kemsky is a two-time number one best-selling author, founder of the Banaboo Movement, which stands for Building a New and Better Universe, as well as the creator of 26 powerful and life-changing improvement courses. What separates Mike from the pack is everything he teaches he learned from experience, not from education. He's one of the most down-to-earth, authentic, real, open, tell-it-like-it-is honest people you'll ever find. His story is powerful, riveting, admirable, and inspiring. Above all, Mike's primary driving force is to help people discover the power they have within themselves to create the lives they want to live, even if they can't see it. And the best part of what Mike teaches is that because it was learned and forged in the trenches of life through real life experience with all the real life challenges we all face, you don't have to spend years, months, or even weeks mastering these before you see results. I'm honored today to bring you Mike Kemsky. Mike is one powerful and amazing coach. He's kicked my ass a few times in his no-nonsense loving way. So let's get to the interview. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much for being on The Sweet Spot. Hi, Rose. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hopefully we can uh, say some smart stuff here that helps people. That's uh, the goal. It is indeed. So tell us a little bit about what you do, how you started. So that's a that, that's a lot of a little bit, but we'll just get into it and see where it goes. Um, cool. <laughs> so the the thing that I, I kind of want to talk most about here is, is um, really – where, how I got to do what I'm doing now and what I've done in the past and what I'm doing in the future, because I never thought I could do it. And I think a lot of people are in a position where they want to do something. They have something calling them. They have something, you know, either intellectually or emotionally or spiritually, whatever, calling them to do something bigger in the world of their life. And for some reason, there's lots of blocks there. Well, for many reasons, but a lot of people have these blocks that stop them from doing it. I kind of had the same thing ever since I was a little kid, I felt this need or this desire or call calling to kind of help help people make the world a better place through helping other people. Um, but I wasn't in a position to do that most of my life because of how I was raised and grew up and the environment I grew up in and that kind of thing. Um, my whole life was focused on survival and not about uh, thriving and helping other people thrive. So it, there was a big disconnect in me in what was calling my heart to what my mind actually said was possible for me. And over the course of my life, I'm not going to get into the whole drawn out story. They can read that over on my website or something. But, um, you know, over the course of my life, it kind of got bigger and bigger 
bigger separation of what I felt like I really want, what my heart was telling me to do and what life was saying that I could do. It's like, no, you're just a stupid throwaway kid that's worthless and has no value in this world. Here's where you belong. You know, and my heart's going, no, I don't think so, man. I think there's more. I think there's more out there. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I just never really stopped listening to it because you really can't. I mean, you can kind of dull it down, turn down the volume, and, and people do this all the time and turn up the noise in their life to turn down the volume of their, their soul, their calling, their heart, whatever you want to call that. And, and it, but it never really goes away. I mean, it's something that it's kind of, I think it's built into our DNA. So eventually over time through a bunch of trials and tribulations and drug addictions and, and botched suicide attempts and all kinds of crap that happened in my life, I got to a point where I, I decided, you know what, I, I'm going to do this. I have this, I've had this thing, whatever it is inside of me, um, you know, my, my entire life and I'm just going to do it. And I started to take these little actions and do these small little things because, you know, it, it's when we first start out doing anything, it's all we we're always, we always suck at it the worst then than we ever will. Right. Cause when we have no experience, no, we don't know what we're doing. Anything's brand new. You would, that's, that's the good news about this. When you start something new, you're the worst you're ever going to be at it because you've never done it before. So there's no place to go, but up. Right. So Anyway, the, the, the long and short of it, I want to kind of just drill down to some of those, those um, experiences and some of those stories and some of the things that happened and some of the ways I got to um, get, you know, got past my own bullshit, basically, past my own uh, limiting beliefs and insecurities and all those kinds of things. And not just mine, but other people's telling me you can't do this. I mean, even my own family telling me that you can't do this. You're, you know, you're not qualified. You're not this or the other thing. And all those things. So I want to kind of talk about that. I think that it'd probably be give the audience um, that's listening the most value possible. So if you have any specific questions, feel free to fire them away because I will just babble and talk for like three hours and you won't be able to get a word in. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that piece that you were just talking about, about being the worst you are when you start is is probably a, a really important piece of this this whole puzzle of of listening to your soul or your purpose or, you know, whatever we want to call that. If you're spiritual, you know, you could, you could call it your divine purpose. If you're not, it's, you know, maybe just what your DNA was, was programmed to do. But, um, a lot of people give up really, really fast. So how, how do you kind of get past that? God, I suck at this right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be something as simple as just like, honestly, this is some shit I like to do. This is stuff that makes me feel happy. It doesn't have to be like this grand firework, grand finale type purposeful, oh my God, this is my divine purpose in life. It doesn't have to be that way. And for a lot of people, it's not. Um, for me, it really isn't or wasn't. It's not like this, this massive cataclysmic thing. It's like earth shaking. Oh my God. It's just like this one. This is what makes me feel good. When I do this, I feel good. My life feels better. I'm happier. Um, I'm more successful. I'm, I'm, I have a more a higher sense of well-being. I don't, life doesn't suck as bad when it does suck because it always sucks sometimes. Just those kinds of things. So it's not this like magical, mystical land where everything's perfect and everything's wonderful and there's no challenges. And that, that doesn't even, I don't know that place exists. If anybody knows of that place, please tell me because I would love to visit. I don't think I'd stay there, but I'd visit. So it's, it's not that. So, so the thing is, yeah, you're going you're gonna to have fear. You're going to have doubt. You're going to have all the disbelief and, and uncertainty and lack of confidence and all these things. You're always going to have those. Those are never, ever, ever going to go away. And part of what I learned, let me back up just a little bit because so people kind of get an idea of what I'm doing, what I do. I mean, my, you know, I was growing up, I did construction work and all kinds of odd jobs, that kind of stuff. And then 
ended up being a, a cable guy and then did some high-speed data stuff with a cable company and that kind of thing. And I went from that to being like this literally within a month, I was a globally known, um, you know, whatever author, self-help guy, um, improve your life guy, whatever, you know, those kind of whatever, um, motivational speaker, whatever you want to label it. I wasn't really those things exactly, but that's what I went from being a cable guy to this globally known, like, oh my God, this guy has this crazy story and he's done all this cool stuff. And what he says is really authentic and real and it actually helps. And I got testimonials flooding in. I got over the course of 90 days after we launched it, there were hundreds of people writing in testimonials unsolicited. I mean, the, the tear jerking stuff, it was just amazing. And so you want to talk about like kind of a, a slap to the face. I was a cable guy to like, I launched this stuff and all of a sudden, you know, in 67 countries around the world, people are hitting me up going, oh my God, thank you. And I'm like, thank you for what? I'm, I don't, I, I wasn't ready to step into that role. So it was huge for me because I was like, shit, I'm, I'm just a cable guy. What are these people talking about? But, you know, my journey is my journey. So to me, it's not a big deal, but other people helped him. So that's that's what it was. And, I, you know, before doing this, though, I, I was told, you know, I wrote my book and my sister's telling me you can't you can't do this. You're not qualified. And I had other people, psychologists saying you, you, you're going to hurt people. You can't do this. This you shouldn't even think about doing this. You're not qualified to do this and and all these things. And people trying to discourage me along the way and, and myself, my own self-doubt, my own self, you know, uh, my own sabotaging beliefs and and those kinds of things that are limiting beliefs that stop me from taking action for a long time, they're there. They're always going to be there. What I learned along the way from my my climb from drug addiction and and uh, all you know really really negative, terrible, destructive mindset. One of the principles I learned along the way was this massively powerful uh, uh, ability we have to really focus our perspectives and our energy on certain things, certain ways. And 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 what I realized is. For every fear, there's the the exact dualistic opposite of that. There's courage. There's just as much courage as there is fear in the world. And the fear, to me, just I started to be able to have this process where I could identify the fear as a, a gateway or a doorway to courage. So it's like one of that. One there's one quote I really like. Something about the thing you want most lies through the scariest door or cave, whatever the scariest cave you'll never dare enter. That kind of thing. So. I, I really just uh, I kept using that process, and when the self-doubt would come up and those kinds of things, I would just um, I would just turn it into find the courage in there somewhere. So it's not that you get away from the self-doubt. It's not that you get away from the fear or the uncertainty or anything like that. It's just how you use that, uh, that fear and that energy inside of yourself to actually find strength. And I know that sounds kind of ambiguous and a little bit vague and things, but there's processes I go through and, and I teach that, that, uh, really make it simple. Um, it had to be simple for me. Cause I, I mean, I was, if it was, wasn't simple, if the processes and things I used weren't simple, I wouldn't have succeeded. I would have, I would have been dead somewhere, honestly. So it has to be simple or it doesn't really work. I know complicated is very, very sexy and like, well, it's interesting, but, and simple is kind of dumb and boring, but simple superior all the time. So these processes are very, very simple. The, the question that you asked me about how do you get past that stuff is, is, um, is you use the, those things. You use your fear, you use your self-doubt, you use your uncertainty and people kind of scratch their heads at first. Like, how, how do you use that stuff when you're scared? We're to a point where you're immobile. How do you use it? then you got to back up. I mean, what's going on in, in your mentality? Why are you so scared? What is it you're afraid you're going to lose? 
You know, you're not focused on anything that you might gain. What are you afraid? What are you afraid you're going to lose? And what happens if you do lose it? You just ask different questions and go through these processes and understand you control one thing in this world and one thing in this universe, one thing in this life. It's the only thing you can control is your own energy. You can't control other people. You can't control the cosmos. You can't make the universe bend to your will because you're so omnipotent and powerful and all this crazy shit. And this, it's it's crazy to me all the all the personal growth stuff because I'm thinking. I can barely manage my own life. Why do I want to manage the universe? That's, that's insane. I, don't, I want nothing to do with that. But you know what I'm saying? Most people can barely manage their own life. You can't do all this. So, so the, the bottom line is how do you get over it is you, is you end up using it. And, and, that, and there's some things you can learn to help do that. I think the more complicated it is, the, um, the less we're going to use it every day. You might, you might use it for a little while, but we're all kind of naturally or at least part of us is kind of naturally lazy. That's, and, and we've all been in a place where we know what, what makes us feel better, what makes us um, work more efficiently, what you know, gives us more energy. And at some point, we've all been at a place where we're finding we're not doing those things. <laughs> yeah, so so here here's a, here's a point on that too. You said that we're all naturally lazy, and we are. If we we are governed by nature's law, and nature we're part of nature. I mean, it's all just one big happy family thing with the whole. You can go as as new agey and esoteric as you want, or you can go as mechanical as you want. Either way, it's the same damn thing. We're all just we're all part of the same stuff, but, but we are governed by nature's laws, and and nature has one like primary, two, well, two primary goals. I think is what it goes down to. But one of them is this: to to control serve energy. That's what it wants to do. If it, if it, if, if there's not, I mean, that's why we only see and, and intake something like whatever it is, 18%, I don't know, whatever, stati- you know, whatever they say, 73% of all statistics are made up on the spot. So I just made one up. <laughs> 18% of what, what we see, whatever it is, 20% of what we, what we experience, we actually intake through our eyeballs and stuff, or our brains would explode. We're designed to be, to be lazy. And that's the, that's the whole point of it. Cause you think I tell this story or this thing, this kind of, I say the example is illustration of this. Um, it's in principle five. It, it's about like, you know, what we are as human beings. And whenever you go to make a change uh, in your life, there's something going to happen. And if you are really dedicated to making an actual transformation, which most people have to do, there's a difference between change and transformation by far. If you're going to go start a business or do something in your life, go create a charity or a fundraiser or, or just go whatever, go be a, a volunteer, something you want to do with the rest of your life. That takes that that requires you to be something different. That's a transformation. You can't you can't go in one thing and come out the same thing and expect to be have different results, right? You, I use this analogy: every time you go to make a transformation, two people walk into a ring and one person comes out. You know, two people walk in, the person that you are and the person that you want to be, and you're going to battle that shit out inside that ring, and one of you is leaving, but only one of you. So the transformation is kind of a big deal, and it's kind of a – people miss the point of it because you know, the first phase of it. There's three phases to transforming. There's three phases to success. There's three phases to actually creating something. The first phase, everybody knows. It's the excitement phase. It's like, wow, I'm going to go be a spiritual coach, or I'm going to go be a motivational speaker, or I'm going to go build a billion-dollar business, or I'm going to invent the next Facebook. Or I'm going to do whatever this great thing, and you're excited about it, and, and you're and you're stoked, and you want to do it, and there's all kinds of energy around it, and you're like thinking of all the possibilities and all the magic and all the all the cool energy and all the people and the praise and the significance and the power and the money and everything else. You're thinking about all the fun stuff, and you're excited as hell to do it. And it's kind of like the analogy I use is you're at the first part of this um, 
100 mile marathon and you're at the starting line and they're like, all right, you ready? And you're like, hell yeah, I'm ready. I'm going to run the shit out of this marathon. <laughs> fire that damn gun. Let's go. And they fire the gun. Boom. And then you take off running and, and you're stoked. You're all kinds of energy. You know, you're ready to go. You're good. And then that's phase one. Everybody knows that phase. Phase two, you get into, you round this, you know, one, one of the 800 corners that you round and you're like in the woods and it's all dark and like you have blisters on your feet and you're thirsty and you're alone and you're sweaty and your legs hurt and you're like got salty sweat drip in your eyes you can't see you know you're like what the hell was i thinking is what you start thinking <laughs> this this shit's crazy you don't know what's ahead of you you can't see you've never been on this path whatever you know that you know you, you have a you have faith and you believe there's a finish line but your body's telling you screw you there's no finish line this sucks sit down i'm tired i'm done and 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 the, all this all the crap starts to happen all the biochemical warfare is going on inside of your body your body and your mind and the that your body's trying to shut it down like stop stop you're this hurts. Just stop it. It's painful. Stop running. Stop moving. And and so you're fighting with yourself in this phase two thing. It's crazy. And we've all been there too. It's like this thing, this battle. And you have to have a few things to get through phase two. You got to have the energy starting off with. You got to have the strength, the determination, the fortitude, the resilience. And you got to have you know most of the time a good support system around you to help you remind you like, hey dude, it's okay. Or hey, not if you're not a, a, a guy. Hey girl, it's okay. Let's keep going. You know, keep on going. I got you. There's, they, they can help provide faith and, and confidence and hope for you that you're going to be able to finish this thing because it's hard. Creating transformation is hard. It's not an easy thing to do. People are like it's effortless. No, it's not. It's not effortless. <laughs> I've never seen it be effortless ever in my life. Now, once you do it and you maintain it, it feels effortless because you become a stronger person. So it's easy now because you're stronger. It's like lifting a one pound weight when you're really out of shape and weak. It's heavy, but when you can lift a hundred pound weights, it feels effortless to lift one pound weight. It still takes effort, but it feels effortless to you. So on with the on with the analogy. Phase two is the success killer. It kicks everyone's ass and everybody stops and they, because they know if I turn around and I walk back to my old life, if I turn around and walk back there to the starting line, there's people with tables there with granola bars and nice cups of water and there's blankets and there's chairs and there's medics and there's ambulances and there's all these things. There's, there's ice for my legs and there's band-aids for my blister. All these things are back behind me. I know that they're there because I just left them there. But what's ahead of you? You don't know. Because you've never been there. You've never done it. So if you keep going and you keep pushing through that and you keep fighting that and you keep fighting the, the urge to stop, the, the default, I guess, um, action or default uh, desire to conserve energy, to not be in pain, um, you know, you're not, you're not in imminent danger where you're going to die. It's just you're in pain. It's uncomfortable, whatever you are. So if you, and this applies to everything, whether it's relationships or business or fitness or health or anything else, it all applies to the same thing. If you can get through that and get around to the next, the next corner that you turn and you look ahead of you and you're like, I mean, you're here, here's how it goes. You've got this next corner. You're like, Oh my God, I cannot lift my foot one more time. I can't take one more step. I really, if I had a saw, I would saw my own legs off. I can't take the, and you're just going crazy. You're like, you're, you're convincing yourself that you have no more power, no more energy, no more drive, nothing left. Your tanks are completely bone dry. And that one more step where you finally get break free of that corner, you look around and there's a finish line and you're like, holy shit. And you start sprinting. Like, wait a minute. Five <laughs> seconds ago, you had nothing, man. You where did that energy come from? See, so it's always there. It's always there. Which it's just it's just the fact of the, the the way to access it is different. But you see the finish line, you're like, whoa, there it is. And so you and then you run your ass to the finish line and you run through it. And then once you break that finish line, you get to the end of that marathon, so to speak. That's phase three. 
you've completed the transformation. You've completed the journey. You, you've done it, and you've become a new and better person. You've become a stronger person. You've become a better version of who you were before you started. You have, you're better equipped for life. You're better equipped for success. You're better equipped for everything because you are better. You're stronger. You're more powerful. You're wiser, and you can help more people, and you can create more business, and you can get better results in fitness and all these things. And so there's this process to, to creating success where a lot of people forget about the, the part in the middle. Because no one wants to think about that. No one wants to talk about that because that part sucks. That part's, yeah. that's, that's not the fun part. You know, that's not the fun part. It, it is very true. Uh, at one point when I was talking about what I do, um, and, I, and I do help people kind of transform their lives, and I was talking about my story, someone actually said to me, like, you, you can't talk about all that stuff. I want what, I want what you're talking about, but I don't want to do all that stuff. That that's yeah, work. Yeah. <laughs> that's work. Yeah. Um, and and we definitely there is a lot of people out there selling that transformation is easy. And it's not, but if you set yourself up, I think one of the things you said in there in the middle there was was a part that I know is really powerful for me is the having people around you that help you keep the faith. Like who you surround yourself with can make phase two or break phase two. Yeah, it's a huge part of it. I mean, you have to have people there that are supporting, that support you. And, you know, here, here's, the, here's a misconception about that. I think I've seen a ton over the last, I've been doing this for a long time, 26, 27 years now. But I've, one of the misconceptions I see in that, with that whole support thing is like people, they, people like, oh, yeah, I, I need cheerleaders. Mm, that's part of it. But you also need people who are going to kick you in the ass. You need people who are going to say, no, you, you, I'm not going to accept you accepting yourself at this level because I know you're better. I'm going to grab you by your freaking short hairs. I'm going to get you by your ear. I'm going to pull you off the ground. And I'm going to kick you in the ass and say, you keep on effing running because I know that you can. You need those people around you too. And those people are scary to a lot of people. I mean, they're, they're like, eesh, that guy's like mess, not messing around. But they, <laughs> but they, but they, they, they demand that you demand the best of yourself and they say, no, I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to do it. I mean, you can eliminate them from your life, but you shouldn't. If you have them in your life, you should feel fortunate and very lucky to have those kind of people that have that kind of courage stand up to you like that. And that those are real friends. Those are real mentors. Those are real leaders. Those are people that you really want to keep around you. You can get rid of them because they're icky and mean and, and, and whatever and scary and whatever people do that. Yeah. But, 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 but those are the, the part of the support system is having those people as well as cheerleaders. Um, yeah. Cheerleaders are easy. Everybody wants to do the raw, raw thing, but that's the easy part. Like, yeah, you can do it. Everybody wants the positive stuff and, the, and that kind of thing. And everybody's, you know, really apt and, and, and ready to go into that world to be your support system. But unless you have a couple people that are like, all right, man, I'm, I'm rolling up my sleeve. I mean, I, I call them like the farmers, you know, because farmers have this mentality. They're just tough and they, and they, they don't, there's no excuses. Like a hole's not going to dig itself. We don't have a shovel. Go find a stick. Yeah. We don't have a stick. Use your hands. Well, my hands are tired. Tough shit. Dig the hole. We got to dig it. That, that, you know, that's, it's a farmer mentality. They're just tough. Yeah. And, and you got to have that, that as well. I call that, I call that warrior and and yeah, it's it's good to have those warriors on your side that are going to be like, did you make five? You know, did you make five phone calls today? Because that's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, someone to hold you accountable. Somebody, somebody who. It's not just about how you feel. It's like this is what you said you wanted to do. Like, let's do it. Let's go. And you're right. 
and those people can be they're the big meanie heads the big meanie <laughs> scary ones that everyone's like oh you're and until until the end then you're like oh my god thank god i had you i consider you one of my one of my warriors but you're right um there are some people that can't handle that big meanie you know what the hell are you doing yeah. <laughs> but it's really if you if you want transformation it's it's important to have somebody that's going to say no that's dumb <laughs> don't don't quit now <laughs> yeah i mean to to be frank about it if you can't handle that person or if you can't be see here's the thing it was hard for me i had to be that person for myself I didn't have anybody around when I was doing it. I just, I was, it was me. It was me and the world and my own experiments. I was my own lab rat, my own guinea pig. And I had to kick my own ass a lot. Um, and I, and I, I had, you know, I had no problem being mean to myself with my self-talk because I was trained that way, but that way wasn't productive. That wasn't the right kind of, I'm not talking about like negative negativity. I'm talking about supportive love, loving, um, you know, strength and leadership, not like breaking you down, calling yeah. you names and that kind of stuff. So there's a big distinction there, but if you're not ready to either be that person for yourself or if you won't accept that person, or if you're going to get offended by that person doing that kind of stuff, quite frankly, you're not prepared. You're not prepared to to make it across that finish line. You because here's here's the truth of the matter. If you make it across that finish line somehow, which I've never seen anybody be able to cheat this process. I've never seen it happen in 26, 27 years of doing this. You can't really cheat the process. But if you somehow did you would crumble. You'd crumble under the weight of that success. If that's, it might sound funny, but you would. You wouldn't be strong enough to handle it. You wouldn't have the right kind of mindset or the right kind of emotional strength or physical strength or business strength or, 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 or um, acumen or um, you know just whatever, patience, psychological communication skills for a relationship, whatever it might be, you wouldn't have enough. You wouldn't be equipped to handle that success and you would crumble and crush underneath it. So... It's it's important to, if you're not ready if you're not ready to like people are trying to trying to build their lives and chase their dreams that kind of stuff you know if you're not if you're not prepared to get kicked in the ass along the way a little bit because I don't care how badass you are you're gonna need that we all do I mean I I've got friends that that uh, in 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 the business world the financial success wise you know do ten million dollars a year plus um, you know in our other business we do with the uh, brokering stuff we've got people you know hundreds of millions of dollars so the financial parts like nothing to them uh, i've got friends that literally make like you know 30 grand a year or less and all, everything in between i've been i've, I've you know we, we've got a million dollar business we've done pretty well financially in different facets of along the way i've been homeless so i've seen the spectrum you know to where i allowed myself to get and wanted to get all the way on both sides and it, everywhere in between there, I've never seen a person who doesn't or isn't kind of like forced to comply by nature's rules and laws of how we operate as people. I don't care what kind of success they've had. I don't care what kind of failures they've had. We are all kind of we all, we all kind of work the same. We all we all, you know we're unique and whatever. Yeah, we are in some ways in our thoughts that kind of stuff. But we function and work the same way. So if if you think you are the ultra mega badass and you have like a super ego that can handle all this stuff. I'll just tell you right out of the gate right now. I'm, I'm not afraid to offend people. You're crazy. 
you're absolutely out of your mind because that's not the case. You'll, you'll, you know, you you might, you might be able to construct this fabricated reality that you think you're a super badass and doing all this good stuff in the world, but really you won't, you'll, you'll be at some point you'll realize like, wait, this is not even real. And I don't feel good about it. Um, you gotta be open. You gotta be open to, to taking the, taking the, the hugs and, and the smacks along the way, um, to, to make it happen. And, you know, you gotta be kind of tough for that a little bit, I guess. I think that anyone that's been in this kind of personal growth realm for a while has probably seen someone that a little part of their brain goes, they're successful, but it, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. It doesn't. And I think that that, that thing that you were talking about right there of not being prepared, of not being strong enough, um, money, money can influence people. And um, the people that made it big but somehow didn't take care of the rest of their personal being are, are the ones that it starts to fall apart once they're in the millions. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's I've seen that happen. Um, shit's happened to me. I, I I made a ton of money and I wasn't ready for it. And I'm not driven by money. That's I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo. I'm just not driven by money. It doesn't drive me. I like money and I like to have money. And I like to earn money and all that kind of stuff. But it just doesn't really drive me like other things do. But I've made a bunch of money and it's like didn't I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. I guess I just go spend it all and have fun. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with money. So I never had money. Right? So, so you know, and, and I've had to learn my lessons and my, my bumps and bruises the hard way on the way. But I've I've seen people that think that uh, they have this idea like, oh my God, that person makes whatever a million dollars a year or $5 million a year or 500000 a year, whatever it is, they're, they're set. And I, I have friends who I know have, you know, sat in their, in their exotic Italian sports cars in their multi-million dollar houses in their garages for an hour plus not wanting to go in because they don't want to deal with their wives. They make lots of money. But they're 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 not happy, <laughs> you know. So it's not just about success. Is not I, I I don't I can't stand the whole people like success money. It's not just money. It's a part of it. Definitely, it's an important part of it. Um, you know, it, based on our society and our rules that we have to function by because that's how society functions. But it's not the whole the whole thing. So um, people are driven by different things. Money's one of them for some people. Yeah. But if you're not prepared. If, I'm sorry, if you're not prepared and, you know, how do you get prepared? It's really simple. That's really easy. How do you get prepared? You just, you, you practice, you do it, you keep doing it. It's just like my little simple analogy with, uh, with, with growing, um, physical muscles. Cause we all can relate to that. You go to the gym, you lift the weights that you can lift. If they're five pounds, they're five pounds. You go there every day, you lift the five pound weights. And at some point, the five pound weights are not going to be heavy enough. And you grab the 10 pound weights and the 20 pound weights. And then before you know it, a year and a half into it, you're like, I'm grabbing 300 pound weights and I'm a beast. You started off with five pound weights. But if you said, I want to lift 300 pound weights, you went to the gym and put that shit underneath you or above you, it would crush you because your bones aren't strong enough. You haven't, you haven't earned it. You haven't strengthened your muscles. It goes the same way with financial, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, all these things. You have to, you have to get to the point where you actually can hold that kind of, that kind of weight. Cause that's all success is, you know, really in, in the scope of it. Indeed. I, I, one of my favorite questions to ask clients and interviews is, you know, what does prosperity mean to you? Because I think when we, when we start with a framework of what we're actually looking for, that if more money comes than that, it's not a big deal. You still know what, what you want to do with it. You know what's important to you, you know, and prosperity can be $30,000 and just 
you know, being able to buy the food that you want and put it on the table and having the right people around you or what does it mean at various levels and keeping asking yourself that question. So I'll ask you that question. What does prosperity mean to you? <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? That's, that's, a, that's a very good question, actually, um, because it's, I, I think that the default answer people are going to are trained to say is it's about stuff. And to me, it's absolutely not. To me, it's the opposite. I don't, to me, prosperity does not mean more stuff. To me, prosperity means less stuff. To me, prosperity means um, a whole holistic uh, and whole being. Feel, uh, how do I put this? I feel okay whether I have a million dollars or, or no dollars. I feel okay whether I have, um, you know, a big-ass nice house or I have blue skies above me and I'm not getting hammered with rain or something, you know. I don't need protection. There's basic needs humans need, you know, shelter, love, whatever, that kind of stuff. But prosperity to me isn't defined by things or numbers in any sense of the, of the word at all or, or any of the words or ideas. Prosperity is simply... I am okay with who I am, where I am in the moment that I'm there. And that might change tomorrow. That might change in 10 minutes. It might change in, in an hour. I don't know. It might never change. But who I am and, and what I am and what I do and, and my contribution to the world and, and, and the things I'm doing, um, if I'm doing things that make me feel good, where I know at the end of my life, if I were to die tomorrow, I'd look back and go, yeah, I did it right. I mean, I may not have done all the things I wanted to do, but up until this point, I've done it right, and I don't have any real regrets. That's prosperity to me if I'm living that way. If I were to die tomorrow and I look, or today and I look back on my deathbed in my last moments and go, yeah, I did it right, um, that's prosperity. It's not having regrets, not having um, any kind of baggage I'm taking with me or baggage I'm leaving behind. Indeed. Indeed. I, I think the, the big piece of that puzzle that you just talked about, which I think a lot of us, especially in, you know, here in America where everything's about money and bigger and better, is that that kind of prosperity can't, it's not a number, it's not a game, it's not a score. It's how do right. you feel today. Exactly. Yeah, and and I live in Texas, the land of like bigger is better. Everything's bigger in Texas, so you know that. So I'm, I'm very familiar with that. You know, it's, it's everywhere in the U.S. But yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's they use stuff and and that as a measuring stick, and and I just don't know how to do that. That's just not real to me. That's not it's exactly how you feel every day. And you know what? Here's the thing: if if some people if have it if they need if they need ten million dollars to feel good. I have no judgment towards that. I don't think anybody else should either. If that's their exactly. thing, that's their thing. If some people, some people need like big yachts and stuff to feel to feel good and feel like they're living their life, the, the you know the, the most they can, then then by all means, go get you a big ass yacht. You know that's the way that's the way you do it. If it's something that people need to be around nature, then go do that. Everybody's different, and none of us, none of our desires are wrong. If it makes if it makes your heart sing and your soul light up. I, I don't see there anything wrong with that, and and that that's a very, very intimate and individual process for everybody. And it could mean money, it could not mean money, it could mean stuff, it could not mean stuff. For me, particularly, it's it's a it's a combination of both, but it leans less towards stuff and more towards, I guess, um, uh, nature and 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 human energy and people like that. That's where I derive it for me. But but you're right, you know, people measure, use use stuff as a measuring stick, and if that's your thing then it's cool. It's just not my thing. So I just, I want to make sure people know, like, I don't, I, I can stand it when I hear people talk about, like, especially people who are in this position of authority and, and, and leadership to influence people's lives when they sit there and say that, you know, what you, what you want's wrong. 
who the hell are you to tell somebody that? Man? <laughs> it makes me crazy when they do that. Like, no, you got to, if you want to do this and succeed in life, you got to like work 25 hours a day out of the 24 and you got to do impossible shit. And yeah. And you got to, you got to grit and you got to be crazy and you got to be this warrior guy. Well, some people aren't that person and, yeah. and it's fine. They don't need to be that. That's the, that's the, they'll never be that. That's like asking a fish to be a cat. Yeah. Like, um, doesn't work. And then there's the other way around where there's spiritual people telling people that are working their asses off because that's what they want to do, that they should be working, you know, five hours a day and not care about money at all. And, and I think the real meat of this little piece of our conversation is that it's about diving into what is right for you. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's the other side of that. Like it's all, no one has to work for anything. It's all just magically going to happen. Like, well, that's not true. Thank God the world's full of diverse people because the people that work their asses off and do this kind of stuff and work hard, whatever, and, and, and work hard coming up and growing their, their lives and such. I mean, without all of us, none of it works. So thank God there's diversity, but it's, it's true that the, you know, work, you, you must, to be successful, you got to work four hours a week, five hours a week, whatever. And like, there's people, other people I know that, that are, are, they work just a ton, but they're happy as a lark. They love it. They love doing it. They would, if they, they think, if they could wish for anything, it'd be more time in the day to keep working because it, it, it's their soul. They love it. And, and it's great, you know. And a lot of people make it very complicated. So I think it's really good for, for listeners to be hearing that, you know, what, what's feeling right to you. You know, my, my idea of prosperity is, is somewhere in the middle. I, I work really hard when I'm working. And one of the things that makes my soul sing is to dance. And I dance, you know, three or four nights a week. And um, some people are like, how can you take that much time out of your life? Because that's what makes me happy. <laughs> See, it, it, that, that, that's what kills me, though. It's like, how do you take that much time out of your life? I'm not taking time out of my life. I'm adding to my life. It makes me feel yeah. good. It's, it's, such a, it's such a skewed perspective sometimes. People see it because it, it it's not their thing. So they can't, you know, it's like I talk about in my book about the people, the perspective thing. If you, if you are born with green lenses over your eyes, and you try to define the color green, you'll never be able to because you never can see it. It's just not your thing. Like, how do you, you know, what's green? Green doesn't even exist. So you take off the lenses and go, holy shit, there's all this green stuff. But if you're looking through green lenses, you can't ever see that. So people, we all filter things and process things through our own lenses in life. But I think it'd be wise for people to maybe look at other people's things and like, you know, it's not taking away from your life. It's adding to your life. And, and then by them supporting that, it comes down to another principle, principle 11, where you pass the torch, you help other people, you teach them what you know, you teach them how to, you know, grow and be better or whatever. And and it's a funny thing because people think it's an altruistic standpoint, like, oh, my God, you did all this stuff. And then your last principle is to go help other people. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it wasn't about helping them so much as it was about helping me. I mean, it wasn't, it's, it's kind of a funny, funny thing, but what I'm talking about to be more clear, have more clarity is that if we go through life, I do it, we all do it. We all judge and do that stuff from time to time and whatever. Like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time doing that stuff? But to them, it's not a waste of time. It's like, they would look at you and like, why are you wasting your time planting flowers? That's stupid. It just die anyway. <laughs> but if it feeds your soul and perpetuates that kind of energy in your body, guess what that does? It opens up all kinds of new floodgates for an expansive mind, for more ideas, for more creativity, for mental and creativity things to link up to actually be, create function out of those things. So you do those things, it actually creates the environment that's fertile for for uh, success in each per person. So anyway, I just wanted to 
drop that in there because people are like, why, how do you, why do you take that much time? It's not taking, not taking, it's giving, it's giving. Yeah. So one of the things that I, that I've been really, you know, pondering over the course of the last year is this, this duality between this creativity flow open to everything and productivity where you kind of have to like decide what you're going to do and check some shit off the to-do <laughs> list. Um, and you know, neither, neither one of those things really has a full life. If you're always in, you know, creativity mode and flow, then you might not actually like, no one might see your stuff. Yeah even though that's important to you. And if you're only in like, uh, I, I'm just working, I'm checking shit off the list. I'm, you may not come up with that brilliant, creative, soul-stirring idea. So do you have any, like, for yourself, how you balance that duality of, of flow and productivity? Yeah, this is actually my favorite topic, my favorite principle. I love, I love this one. Well, maybe the energy one, but principle two in the, in the Banabu principles is the, um, is the, uh, the principle of contrast and duality. It talks all about this and, and there's the, the funny thing is like, you know, you said neither one have a long life. But the thing is, it's it's the same thing. It's the same. They're not neither one. It's the same thing. That's that's the hard that's the part that's hard for people to grasp is, you look at creativity and productivity as two separate things, but they're not. They're 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 just they're just different sides of the same coin, and. When you go through and you know this flow state, like flow, let it all come in and all this stuff, and that's great and that's fantastic and it creates a lot of good um, content and a lot of good ideas and a lot of good inner growth and introspective questions and things like that. All these great things that create, uh, make people feel good, right? And and the thing is, there's people that are good at that and there's people that are good at like execution of that stuff. This is why life is so magical because the people that you want to like scratch their eyes out because they just are so not like you, they annoy the living shit out of you. Like creativity people, artists and like logic data accountant type people, they're like, they're, they're like, I mean, one's wearing like has blue hair and wearing all leather shit with spikes and crazy nose piercing. There were the other ones wearing this like, you know, the Italian suit and they're perfectly groomed and all that. They're like, they're like, they look like polar opposites because they are. But they, 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 they both need each other for either one to exist. So the duality part of it is like, you know, how do you be productive if you're in this flow state? And how do you be flowy if you're in this productive state? You don't. You, there, you know, once you flip the coin, you're that the one thing or the other thing. So in other words, to bring it back to have some more clarity here, if you look at the flow, people are in this creative flow and they're, and they're drawing and they're doing whatever – or they're they're writing or they're speaking or they're whatever and this just totally being like a channel for creativity that's great and and flow is amazing and it's awesome and the be, go with the flow that kind of stuff but if you think about what is actually happening here and you bring it into like a smaller scale think of flow like water flowing um, a river flowing whatever it cannot flow it cannot exist without the structure of the banks on either side of the river so flow has to live in something. It has to live in somewhere, and that's the structure. It, it can't. It, you you can't have either without both. It doesn't work. You can't. So by doing the flow thing, you're actually you know creating the 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 banks on the side to where this flow exists and lives. Now to execute it, 
you know what? I'm not that great at that kind of stuff either. But that's where you find people in the world that look at you and like, you're out of your damn mind. How do you write all this crazy shit? How do you sing? How do you dance? How do you draw? You're crazy. I don't want to do that. I want to look at spreadsheets all day. And you're going, what? You want to look at spread? What the hell kind of weirdo are you? You want to look at this stuff and process data and logic? And they're going, yeah, I love it. So, because <laughs> it's true, there's people, and that's why the world works so damn amazing. And when you're, everybody's doing their own thing and being true to who they are, because there's purpose for everybody, and we need each other to actually create the best in in ourselves. So this whole, how do you do this thing is like, what's your strength? Is, is your strength in the, in the creativity part? Then you need to find the heads to your tails of that coin, that the face of whatever that is, because it's the same. It's the same damn thing. It's just a different, it's like the end of each. If you take, a, if you take love and hate or, or hot and cold or whatever, and you spread it out like a big line, like a spectrum, it's the same thing, but the extreme ends of each end is hot or cold, is love or hate, is productivity, is flow. They're just the same. They're just different ends of the same spectrum of the, of the same thing. So the, the duality of it is, is uh, really simple. When you're doing one, you're creating the other. The people that do the, the structure stuff, the execution implementation, the, those people are creating banks for you to put your whatever quote unquote water in so you can flow. So whichever person you are, if you're the bank, if you're the person that creates the banks with the execution and the data and the productivity, that kind of stuff, or the person who creates the flow, you kind of, sometimes you need two people to do that task. Or, or, or to make those two things come together. But no matter how you slice it, you can, you know, if you took, took this flowy energy or whatever and had no container for it, the, where's it going to go? It's not, fo- it, it just doesn't, it can't even exist. You can't like, it can't flow. Like, what I'm saying is it can't move. It can't be real for anybody if there's no way for it to be channeled into a direction. It just kind of sits there. There's no way for it to flow. So it has to have the 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 banks or whatever on the side, if that makes sense. I don't know, I don't know if I'm talking crazy, if it's making sense, whatever, but it's uh, that's kind of how, how the whole thing works. And a lot of times what you just need to do is find people that love you know, the people that they're calling and they're fulfilled, their fulfillment is derived in the stuff that isn't yours. And those things kind of happen together. If that, if that makes sense at all, it's kind of a little bit out there, but yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally get it. And I actually am kind of more of a structured girl that's moving into um, this creativity world. So I can put my husband and I together in that, in that partnership and see how, you know, his life is certainly and my life really is certainly enhanced for both of us. So what would you suggest to a newer creative entrepreneur who maybe doesn't, who's sitting there thinking, well, I don't have the money to hire someone to be my structure person. Yeah. Don't, don't always need the money to hire somebody to be the structural person. Do they, does that person have the money to, to hire a flow person? Probably not. It's a partnership. You don't always need money to do this stuff, but um, and sometimes you got to do it all, and and you're going to suck it a little bit more at one side than the other because it's not naturally your strengths, and that's fine. I mean, that's we we all do that stuff, but um, you know, it's funny because you mentioned when, in one of our conversations not too long ago, I think you know actually that you want to help people get their message out. Like you're getting your message out and you're helping people, but you want to help people do that. And it's kind of like you're defaulting back to your strengths because you're the structure person, you're the execution person. <laughs> you kind of like, I want to set up these structures so people, so the, so the flow people can come in there and have some place to like babble off all our stuff. So, 
It yeah, is you, true. You just told me that. So it's kind of <laughs> funny how that just works. But, you know, you, you don't necessarily need the money to hire people. And, and if you do look at it that way, then you find it. You go earn it. You go figure it out. I mean, that's part of the, someone, someone slapping you in the back of the head. Don't tell me. Don't make excuses. Make results. And But the biggest thing about that is you don't always need um, someone because, like I said, that that if no matter how much you slice that wafer down, if you take like a a slug or a coin, or whatever, no matter how much you slice it, you're always going to have two sides to everything. So there's a, a person looking for like, God, I have all this like ideas for this structure and this, and this, uh, you know, the systems and these, and these platforms and the software stuff and whatever. And I can make all this cool stuff happen and I can make all this. I just need some damn, I have this banks, the river, so to speak. I just need some water to put in it. And they're they're looking for you. They're looking for you know you, the creative person. And the creative person's like, gotta have all this stuff, man. But you know, and then you team up. If it's about money, if it's about business, obviously there has to be some sort of financial arrangement there. But you team up and go, okay, well, you know, you got the you got the banks. I got the water. Let's put this together and and we make some money and we figure that figure out the business arrangement that way. You, you know, because there's always one person looking for the other person. It's just a matter of being open to finding that. On on a totally different topic. You are obviously a creative soul, so and I think especially for for the creatives feeding that feeding your adventurous side, your creativity side is is really important if you're getting weighed down in 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 all the day to day to do then that flow you know can stop so how do you how do you make sure that you're feeding your creativity and keeping excited and yep it's it's perfect i love it and here's here's the thing in in all my journey and my adventures and my transformations in my own life and and, and coaching other people and the whole thing there's one thing that i've definitely learned a couple of things i mean i've learned a bunch of stuff but one thing that's really sticking out with this question is this this design is completely flawless. The way we function as human beings and the principles that govern our lives are completely 100% flawless. Even the flaws within them, if you want to call them that, are perfection. It's perfect. So when I'm going doing my thing and I get into this whole, I got to execute, I got to do this and I get to this, I start to get depressed. I start to get like a little bit antsy and sad and angry. I mean, I get like mad. I start like wanting to get punch things and whatever. Like, ah, I can't stand it because something's out of whack. Something's off balance to me. I'm not feeding my soul. I'm not feeding what I want. I'm not doing stuff that makes me feel good. Now, there comes a time, you know, light bulbs need to be changed. Dishes need to be washed. Lawns need to be mowed. You're never going to get away from the shit in life that you don't want to do all the time. Things have to, you can't just sit there and be like, I'm going to meditate in this perfectly contained bubble and vacuum where nothing has to, you know what? You're going to have to take a crap <laughs> at some point in time in your life. So you, th- these things happen, right? You can't, you can't sit in this imaginary world where you don't have to do stuff you don't want to do all the time. The point I'm trying to make is that you focus on what your strengths are and, and those other things. But you're talking about getting out of balance of that. So it's a balance. And, and when you're a creative person, the scales are tipped towards more on the creative side. But there's still – the other side still got weight on it on the scale. It's balanced in your life. Now, when you go on and you, you create the, an imbalance in you, and you do things that are, you know, productive and, and, and not creative and, and very um, systematic and very, you know, structured and data and logic and that kind of thing. When you go through and you do that and create that kind of environment, there's something that, something that magically happens in your life and you start to experience pain. 
And pain is a pain's your friend. People are, you know, it makes me crazy in the self-help world. People are like, don't talk about anger and pain and mad and these things are evil and awful. And don't talk about evil and awful. Talk, talk, no, no, no. Only put all that stuff under the rug. Only happy faces and, and unicorn rainbows and stuff. That's all we can talk about. What the hell is that? I don't know where these people got this stuff, but it's, 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 it's not the whole picture. The, you know, the pain and the frustration and these things, these are your, I mean, these are like some of your best friends because it's an alert. I'll be like, man, why am I so angry? Why do I want to like kick my dog or something? What's wrong with me? Why am I so, I mean, my life's fine. I'm not in imminent danger. Nothing's going on. Why am I just like, oh, I just want to, oh, something's wrong. And, I, and, then, and then I go, bam, hang on, Mike, take, take a minute. And I go, okay, something's off, dude. Something's off. Just calm down. Let's figure this out. And I'll think about it for like, you know, a few seconds. I'm like, oh, well, that's why. Because I'm not doing enough of this stuff. So that pain is like, it's like some. It's literally like like the like your coach, or whatever, slapping you in the back of the head, going, "Hey, dude, rock, you know, go go right, go take an hour and dance, go go draw, go stand out in the rain, make it, whatever the hell it is you got to do to inspire you, to, that makes you, that feeds you, that fills up your energy tanks again. Go do that, and that that. So you don't have to do anything to correct it, other than listen to your own energy, listen to your own mind and heart and body and soul. That's all you got to do when it, cause it'll tell you it's like, Hey Rose, that's enough of that shit. Come over here and do this for a minute. Go make me a spreadsheet. <laughs> Go do something fun. Go figure out some math equation or whatever the hell it is for you. Go do that because that's what you love. That's what, that's what, that's what lights up your soul. That's a that's what makes your torch, your beacon shine brighter. That's what you do. That's your thing. That's when your beacon shining bright and, and you're, you're, you're putting that out in the world and you're inspiring other people because your light's so bright. Go do that. And if you don't do that, let me tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to cause more pain and more pain and more pain and more pain. I'm going to cause depression. I'm going to cause anxiety. I'm going to cause low self-esteem. I'm going to cause everything that just makes you feel like shit until you go do this stuff. So if you just listen to your body, listen to your mind, listen to what's going on inside of you and, and know, you know, have a little enough self-awareness to realize like, well, I'm, I'm doing stuff I don't like to do. Yes, but I have to. And I got this and that. Shut up. Let me tell you something about that. That makes me crazy. You know, yeah, yeah, we have to do stuff. But, you know, you can sit there and force yourself away from what you love and what makes you and what makes you feel good and, and, and what makes you feel love and all that kind of stuff. You can force yourself not to do that because you have responsibilities and you have things you have to do and you have to make money and you have to do all this stuff. And you can work 20 hours a day doing that, killing yourself. Or you can take an hour or two hours or even a day. God forbid people freak out about that. An entire day. Yeah, an entire day. Stop doing whatever these money producing activities for people. I'm, I'm, I'm so opposite of most people. It's crazy, but stop doing that for an entire day. Go have fun, go do stuff that lights you up and you're going to go back and you're going to work for three hours tomorrow. And you're going to be more productive in that three hours than you were in the last four days of your life doing, doing the have to stuff. So it's, it's really simple. You just listen to your, listen to yourself and yourself will kind of tell you like we have this ultimate perfect functioning system that's flawless by design. And it'll always tell you you're going the right way, you're going the wrong way. And the right and wrong is really just relative to what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad. When you feel bad, it's like you're walking too close to the heat, to the flames, starts to singe your hair and you're losing your eyebrows and like, Oh shit, I better turn away from this a little bit. And, And so it kind of guides you back to what, what your what feeds your heart and your soul so it's really kind of simple actually yeah i think especially when you're talking about just a couple hours here or there um so i have uh, two points on that i just love everything that you're saying you know my husband's been working his ass off in the last few months he's got pro bono projects he's got projects he's working on for friends and he's got the project that's actually bringing in money and yesterday he was like i haven't seen a movie in a really long time 
I was like, you should go. Yeah. You should go. Um, and he did. He went off at 10 o'clock at night, went off to see Mad Max, and came home. And I don't know when he came to bed. I think it was probably 5 a.m. But in the middle there, he went to feed his soul because movies do that for him. And so, yeah, those couple hours here or there, that day here and there that, that, that you're using to kind of feed that creativity or your soul, even, or, you know, even if it's not productivity, if the, the relief of pain that your body's starting to put you in is really important. And the other piece mm-hmm. of that is, yeah, we all have responsibilities, but we all have all these decisions we make every day that add up. So if you're feeling this weight, if you're feeling this overwhelming, you know, depression or whatever, it is possible and sometimes it's slow and steady. I mean, I was in a really bad place eight years ago. And if you look at all the things that I've changed, it's almost everything. I have a different husband. I have a different job. I dance now. I, you know, but none of that happened just like with a snap of my finger. No, And it so never people does. say, I can't do that. And I say, what's the step you can do today? Yeah. Exactly. And, and I'm, I'm, and I'm going to go back because it's, it's only, like I said, I don't like half stories. So we talked about the whole thing about how do you get to where if you're doing all these things that you don't like, or they're productive and you're a creative person, how do you, how do you like get past all that, whatever your body tells you, but guess what? Here, here's the thing that a lot of people have like failed to, the conversation usually ends there, but it doesn't end there with me because I've seen both sides. If you say, you know what, I'm just going to do all this stuff. This is why the design's perfect. I'm just going to do this flow stuff, this creative stuff, this structure stuff. And that's all I'm going to do. And I'm going to get overwhelmed in that. I'm going to work 20 hours on that stuff every day. I'm going to work an hour on the productive or implementation stuff of it. Guess what happens? The same thing happens. You get pain just in different ways. Maybe it's financial stress. Maybe it's whatever. So the, 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 there's nature's always performing its function and creating perfect balance in our lives whether it's we focus on the, the hardcore work stuff and the implementation and structure stuff or the creative stuff, if we overdo it on either side where people label it good or bad or positive or negative, however you want to label it, the duality of it, if we focus, just think of like a yin-yang symbol. If we focus all of our attention on the, the black side with the white dot or the white side with the black dot, either way, it, it, until you focus holistically on all of it, there's going to be a, a pain that kind of guides you back to the center, back to the center, back to the center, like an oscillating wave. You go up and the pain, okay, back down, and you're across the center and you're down to the bottom. Uh-oh, more pain, back to the center. And the, the, the point, I think, of life and the point of wisdom and learning wisdom is to get that oscillation super small. So it's just not like super swinging really far, and not, not immense amounts of pain on either side of it, where it's just kind of like a mild discomfort and you stay in that zone where it's like perfectly balanced. But either way, if you go all out like gung ho, put your head down, I'm going to work 20 hours a day to accomplish my dreams, whatever, or I'm going to, I'm going to go recharge my batteries and feed my soul for 20 hours a day because that's what I feel like doing. And if there's not balance on both sides of that, you're going to feel that pain just in different, it just shows up in different ways. So just to be fair to the whole story, it's not about, it's like, oh, yeah, man, work your butt off and take a couple hours to, to feed your soul, and that's it. It's, it's not just that. There's the other side, too, people that, like, sit around and, and, and wish for things their whole life, whatever, and they do nothing about it. Well, you know what? They, they have pain, too. So it, it, it's both sides. It, indeed, and that, that is what 
I feel like my whole entire year has been exploring because as I, as I changed everything, the structure that I knew in life didn't work anymore. And so moving into this entrepreneurial life where I don't have a boss, I don't have someone telling me what to do except, you know, my, my body, my pain, my soul, my whatever you want to call it that speaks to you. I, I have absolutely fluctuated between trying to make myself, you know, be creative and write and blog and vi make videos and, you know, and, you know, getting shit done and checking things off the to-do list and making sure everything is right. And, and it is about finding what your balance is. Um, and it's not the same as everyone else's. And that has been a really, really big lesson for me over the course of my life, but even in this entrepreneurial space, it's like, okay, I chose to do this now. Oh, and the way everyone's telling me to do it doesn't work for yeah. me either. Yeah, that's another, yeah, that's another thing too. It's kind of, the, the, the funny thing is, is like we all, we all have all of our own answers. It's just, uh, I think a lot of people don't have confidence to believe themselves. And, and I, I, I spoke at, you know, Kyle spoke at one of Kyle's events recently and I, I was up there and I said, you know, the thing that I remember part of my thing was I knew when I went to rehab, I was 16 years old and I knew I wanted to change my life. I knew I wanted to change things. I just didn't feel like it was okay for me to do that, to make that kind of decision. And, but the, but I knew I kind of had the answers. I knew I needed to change some things. I didn't know exactly what I needed some coaching and counseling and guidance on like, what, what, what direction do I go in? But what I needed more, and I think what most people need uh, really when it comes down to creating their, 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 their lives the way they want and chasing their dreams and catching their dreams is they need permission. It's funny how people, we need permission. Like it's okay. It's okay to go out. And like, all I need is for someone to tell me in my world where with my friends and my family and my circumstances and my energy and my space where I was at, it wasn't okay for me to improve myself. It wasn't okay for me to get off drugs. It wasn't okay for me to think differently. It wasn't okay. It, it, it was, it was, a, it was a very big contradiction of what everybody else's beliefs were and they were going to not let that happen at, at any cost. But when I stepped into that other world where I, where I checked myself into rehab, they said, Hey, it's okay to get sober. It's okay to change your life. It's okay. Not only does that, it's good. And here's why, and here's how you can do it. Here's how we can help you. So I got permission. And once I got permission, bam, get out of my way. I just like, good. Thank you. Move. And I just, I, I mean, I went, I went crazy. And I think a lot of people need to, to realize like, you know, it's, it's okay to change your life. You've changed your life over the last eight years and, and it, it can be faster than that. It can be slower than that. But the, the bottom line is I think a lot of us need permission just to say whatever, whatever it is, your dreams, your stuff, you know, it, it adds value to the world. If it makes you feel, if it makes your soul light up and makes your heart sing and all that good, crazy, new agey, fancy, fluffy stuff, all those things, if it makes you feel like that, then, then it adds value to the world because you add more value to the world and you're part of this world and you influence people and you impact people, whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, you are doing that. So if it makes you feel better, makes you f engage in finding your strengths more and makes you engage in utilizing and using the, the weak areas of your life or the weak emotions. Not, that's a, not a good word, not weak, but the things that actually like people label as bad. Uh, if, it, if it engages you in figuring out how to use those to um, make you stronger, wiser, tap into to more expansive things in your mind, 
whoever you are I'm talking to right now, I don't know, but if, if it does that for you, you're adding value to the world. So, you know, you, here, here forever, forth, moving forward, you have permission. Go do it because it's crazy not to. I mean, it really is. It's like, you know, who am I? And here's the thing. Who am I? People told me, and I'm going off on a tangent, but just go with me for a minute here. People told me, you can't write a book. You can't do this. You can't coach people. And you can't help people. You can't do this. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You're just some whatever. You're just this. You're just that. You're just whatever. Who are you? And they, you know, they discouraged me. And I did it anyway. And in the course of, um, like I said, 30 days, it was global. In 90 days, I had people writing in wanting to do movie scripts, like for my for my story and stuff. I had I had people sending me videos that were completely unsolicited, saying, "Look at all this." This one cute guy, this cute kid in Russia, he he sent me in this video and it said, "Look at this, man!" And this is not this is some ebook. He printed out the whole program. And he did all this stuff. He's like, "Because of you, I did this," and it made me very. I, I normally wouldn't accept that because it wasn't because of me. It's because of you. But he said, "Because of you, I did this," and because of you I did this and because of you I did this and he said I did this stuff so he he owned what he did he owned his his growth and it was cool but at the end of it he's like look I got business success I've got um I'm happier here. I've made changes in this. And the biggest thing was, and because of this, I'm in big trouble now. And he's with his Russian accent. And he's like, because of, because of your Banabu program, because of all this stuff, now I have this. And I went to this really cute girl. He like had the courage to go ask this girl out on a date. And they became boyfriend and girlfriend. And I think they got engaged, actually. But, but it was just so neat and so cute. And I'm like, you know, that. And before this, he told me before this, he was just like, you know, I'm going to go do what everybody else does, go get my job and not worry about any business stuff. I'm just going to fall in line and whatever happens, happens. But he took ownership of his life because he kind of got permission to do so. And once he did, he found his power. He found his light. He found his whatever. And he started sharing that with the world and the world came to him. It's one of my catchphrases. It's like, it's stupid to chase success when you can make success chase you. All you got to do is turn that on and, and everybody wants to be in part of your life. Everybody wants to be around you. They bring with them all the success you could ever think of or want. So a little bit of a tangent there, but but I think the the biggest the, um, message in that little, little rant is um, if you need permission to go do something, just realize no matter what you're doing in life, if you do something that makes you feel good, you're adding value to the world. And I don't think anybody needs permission to do that. It's what, kind of what we're here to do anyway. Oh, thank you, Mike. That's definitely good stuff. On on that note of everyone coming, you know, reaching out to you and talking to you, and it seems like as as we start letting go of the negative in our lives to to make room for the positive, that sometimes the next challenge is there is an overabundance of possibilities versus the number of hours in the day. So we're still having to let go of some things in order to really be prosperous because if, if we're saying yes to everything, we're no longer, you know, having time for our family, having time for our friends, having time to, you know, you know, be with ourselves in a quiet space. How do you decide, you know, what you want to work on? What are, what are some things that you do? <laughs> it, it's, it, I'll answer that in one second. And it's, it, it makes me laugh because it's just so ridiculously simple, like most things I say. But um, that, that's how it worked for me. It's how it's worked for thousands of people around the world that we've helped. But um, I'm going to go back and just, and, and, and I, 
almost want to apologize for going back, but I'm going to go back and say, kind of reword what you said about letting go of the negative to make room for the positive. Um, I know that's just something that that's a default way to say things, but I don't think that we let go of the negative. I don't think that that's, that's a big misconception in what like we are just energy processors and the negative energy that we, we label as negative. It's not something that we really let go of as much as use to create and help guide us to ways where we feel labeled as positive. So I don't think that we let go of it to make room for it. I think we use it to find to find that, that center line balance, whatever. It's kind of a, a different way to look at it. And I, I, I take every opportunity I can to kind of pound that out in the world because I've seen it be so effective for people, just having that different perspective shift about it. They're no longer afraid of, of almost anything. And so when you think of it like this negative energy, this, this sadness, this anger, this whatever, this negative, negative, negative. But when you start thinking of it like, wow, this is just power. It's just energy. It's just batteries. I'll plug those things in my head and I'll plug those things in my butt wherever the batteries go and I'll plug them into me and my body somewhere and I'm going to go. I'm going to use this stuff. So it's powerful to think of it that way. So And then, and then I'm going to go back to the, your question now, which is how do you pick what to work on? And are you ready for this? This is, this is the most profound thing you're ever going to hear in your life. All right. So here it is. If and, and I struggled with this myself for a while. I'm like, man, you know, when people ask me this question, like, what did I do? And I couldn't really nail it down. Like, what did you do? And and here's what here's what happened. When you're walking through life, <laughs> if red, the color red stands out to you all over the place, and you're like, God, there's red, there's red, there's red, there's red. Pay attention to red. Red will guide you. If it's if it's something like where whatever uh, you know, a um, cause, uh, charity, something where there's. Even even the sound of, of if there's 18 offered opportunities offered to you with the same kind of thing, but there's a more what which voice gets you more, which words get you more, which if if like a powerful voice stands out to you more and draws your attention more, and that you listen to it and you go with that one. I mean, it doesn't really matter which one you pick if it's the same opportunity, but you you just kind of listen and look for what stands out. So if you put like a bunch of marbles on a table. And the ones that stand out, those are the ones that you pick. I mean, it's kind of a simple, simplified way of saying this because there's different complexities with different opportunities and different things to do. But it really comes down to that. You throw all your marbles, all your pieces on the table, all your colors, all your crayons on the table, whatever. And, and if they're all yellow with different shades of yellow, which yellow do you like best? Which one, which one stands out to you? Which one do you see first? Which one does your eye keep going back to? Which one does your energy keep going back to? Which one do, does your attention keep going back to? For whatever reason... And even if it doesn't make sense to you, I've 100% of the time, that's always been the right one to pick in myself and everybody else's life I've ever helped coach or, or any kind of that. Thing, it's always the right thing to pick. Even if it's like, this makes no sense. You know, I shouldn't, this is crazy. I don't really, this is not the right one, but you pick it because you don't know what is in that box, so to speak. You don't know what all the stuff that's going to come out of that choice, but um, an, an abundance of opportunity is a good thing. And it can really cause people to be just as paralyzed as lack of opportunity. So it's a good question. And my answer is so profoundly, like, ridiculously simple that people are like, no, no. But I'm telling you, just try it. Just go through life. And if, seriously, if, like, red stands out to you or if, like, the clouds, if you keep looking at the clouds for some reason, I don't know, like, some weird sign from some crazy Martian species makes some drawing of a tic-tac-toe thing in the clouds and there's a zero and you're like, yeah, zero is the one. I don't know what the hell you're going to see. But but my, my point is, is that intuitively you know, just pay attention and you'll see. 
So I've, I've seen this with, with multiple, especially entrepreneurs, but I, let's call them work-focused people because some of them aren't just entrepreneurs of, well, I need to do this because this, this is going to look good later. And I need to do this because this is going to look good later. And I need to do this because this, and all of a sudden there's no time to sleep or meditate or exercise or take care of themselves. Like, how do you, how do you kind of give yourself permission to just take the number of things that you say yes to down a notch? It's the same thing, same process. It's always the same process. Um, until there's enough pain, it, you, you won't change. I mean, it, you, you, until there's enough pain, you're not going to do anything different. So at some point you'll be so sleep deprived that you're going to, you're going to want to like just climb into a freezer and go cryogenic on your ass so you can sleep for six months. But at some point there's just, there, there comes a point where it's just like, this is too much. It's too painful. And then you make it, you have to make a change. Or if you're smart about it, um, you know, if you've been through that process one too many times, like, wait a minute, I know this game. You can, you can circumvent that pain to some degree and go, okay, you know, the, the ideal situation would be to like be inspired to create change instead of being like driven away from pain, move more moving towards pleasure. But the default way that human beings are wired is we're looking for threats, we're looking for risks, we're looking for that kind of stuff. So we really react to the pain a lot quicker and a lot faster than we do to the inspiration stuff, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it. But um, if you say yes to all these things at some point in time, your your intuitive part of you, part of you is going to say no to you and to everything. You're going to shut down and then you're going to start failing and start this. Oh my God, I couldn't make this meeting or I slept through this alarm or whatever. And then I got fired from this thing and I lost this deal because of that, whatever, because you just can't keep up with it. And then that, that causes pain. And you're like, wait a minute, I got I to gotta make some changes. And, and then you make changes or you realize like, wait a minute, this is, um, you know, if you're just, if you're just doing stuff like haphazardly just to be busy and stay busy and that's to just stop that. Just don't, just don't, just don't be busy. It's to be busy. It's ridiculous. There has to be some reason, but, um, you know, it's the same process for everything. You'll, you'll, you'll get to a point where you're too close to the fire and it's going to start burning your flesh and be like, shit, I got to move away from this. It hurts too bad. And then, and then you do something about it. Otherwise, if it never hurts, if there's never, never, never any reason to move away from that, because here's the, here's the sad thing is people become addicted to failure. People become addicted to that process, to the chase, so to speak, to become addicted to it. And, and that they actually get pleasure from the pain, if that makes any sense. So they get, they get pleasure from the, from the, the, the not reaching it. They get pleasure from the chase, but they never ever, ever that, that means that once they catch it, it's like Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner. He never catches the Roadrunner because <laughs> once he catches him, it's like, well, shit, now the whole game's over. And I like the game. I want to play the game. I want, I like the chase. So people get addicted to this process and they like, you know, literally get stuck in this process where they have to chase success their whole life and they never catch it. And then they say, yes, 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 yes. And it keeps them distracted from actually achieving their goals and yada, 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 yada. So until you really have a desire to actually like achieve, like we're talking, we're talking about like phase two and that little analogy I said before, that's part of phase two. It's like, you know, you're, you're on that, you're on that marathon and you're like, Oh, what am I doing? This sucks, whatever. And then your friends pull up in this like stretch limo with like iced drinks and, and, uh, snacks and like hop in, man. Like, ah, yeah, we'll go for a cruise for a minute. Then you get all like, you know, you get distracted from what you're trying to do. And then you're basically, you're off the path and you're off the course and you have to start over again. It's like, you see it all the time with people with like these, 
these bizop opportunities, like the new shiny thing, new shiny object syndrome, like, oh, what's this is the new one, this is the new one, this is the new one, new diets, new this, new personal growth uh, things, new methods for like um, making magic bolts shoot out of your fingers to create money and new whatever, all this new stuff. And people get distracted by it all the time. Uh, it's because of this. So again, I'm, I'm over, over talking like way too much about this when it's real simple. The answer is the same. When there's enough pain, you'll make change. And that's it. That's the bottom line. If there's not, if it's not there, then accelerate the pain or be smarter than the hype and realize like, wait a minute, I just got to start something different here. I got to let go of some of this stuff or stop doing some of this stuff and just focus on this one thing. Yeah. So you talked about your friends being distracting, but one of the things kind of we all need as extrovert, introvert, no matter what, is is that companionship, that love, that connection. Life as, you know, a creative or an entrepreneur can, can actually be kind of lonely sometimes. So how do you, you make sure you're getting the connections you need? Yeah, that's that's a hard one, and I'm definitely not an expert on that. Um, it's I deal with the same thing, stuck in my little cave, you know, by myself. And fortunate for me, like I'm lucky now. Right now, my my uh, my friend and business partner's out here from Nashville, New Hampshire. So it's cool. We're actually working face to face and hanging out together. But most of the time, yeah, it is it is lonely. Um, you know, you get on, and that's the, what I what I've found. What I think you do is just you get on these Google Hangouts with people and and that kind of stuff. For different, uh, you join different groups or even do um, even facilitate Google Hangouts or training and stuff like that. If you want to help people, show them some stuff that you've done. Whatever, there's ways to do it. I don't know the exact right answers for that because I I'm not an expert at that. I get in my lonely funk, but then I have my family too. So I have my family and my dogs, and they have plenty of distractions. And honestly, if I choose hanging out with my friends or my wife, I'm picking my wife. So it's easy for me because she's you know she's just right there and convenient. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. You know, it's it's uh, oh my god. Is it okay to say I don't know something? But yeah, it's of course okay. it is. It's, 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 oh, I know. I know. I, I think it's just funny when you hear people get an interview. They're like, well, let me tell you about this thing, and they may I don't I don't know the answer to that. Just other than um, I'm fortunate and blessed to have a family, and and I'm assuming that you know if if we dig down deep enough, it's it's still about pain. Like your brain's gonna tell you when you're not spending enough time with your wife, or she will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, in that situation, that's different because she definitely will tell you. That's that's on her. Or your husband, or, for that yeah. matter. But yeah, no, it's the same thing. Yeah, you, you know, you, you you do. You get these things where if you get lonely, that doesn't feel good. You need that companionship, that connectivity. So you will like almost in like autopilot, almost like puppet, a puppet on a string. You don't you don't even know it. You're just like in your car and you're going to some damn place where there's people and you're like, hey, look, there's people. And you go to a park and like, oh, look, they're playing frisbee and riding bikes and yay, there's life out here. <laughs> and 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 you do that just almost like by default. You just kind of like subconsciously. You end up in a in a place like that. Is I do anyway. When I need it, I literally will end up like in a park, or I'll take my dog for a walk, and I'll just go down to like where there's a playground, and I'll just like, you know, watch the little kids playing with their moms, and watch the dogs playing. And I'm just like, oh, look, there's people. I mean, it may not be like face to face friend time, but it's humans, and it's it's getting out of my cave. So, yeah, it, 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 and then you're right. It's the the pain or whatever, the loneliness, that stuff. It'll always guide you and kind of get you. It's it's like sitting on nails or sitting on fire. It's like if it hurts enough, you're going to not sit on it. You're going to get up and do something. It always, it's always your friend, man. People are so afraid of like that feeling sad or lonely, or whatever, but it's, it's always your friend telling you, Hey man, let's, let's go over here, buddy. Cause this will feel better. That's what, that's what it's there for. It's not this big, scary, evil, demonistic, whatever. It's not that stuff that people make it out to be. 
Yeah, no, I think, and, and sometimes it's really hard to listen to it because you're, you know, it, it is that duality of, uh, but I, but I need to do, but I need to do these things for my business. I find that, you know, as I, as I dance, cause I don't have a totally set schedule. I, I dance, you know, some nights a week that I'm pretty, pretty regular and other nights where it's just based on, you know, whatever, whatever's going on or, and there are nights when I wasn't intending to go dancing and, you know, life has been hard or frustrating or, and I know that if I convince myself that I need to stay at my computer, I'm not actually going to be all that productive. But if I can go just be with my friends, move my body, because it's, dancing gives me more than just um, community. It also gives me this, it's almost like yoga, like, you know, just gets everything flowing. And I can walk in feeling tired and run down and sad and I don't get angry too much. It's not an emotion that I have a whole lot. It's not one that stays with me at least, you know, I get angry for five minutes, whatever, but sad, sad stays. And I can walk in feeling all those things and walk out just feeling tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I think all of those are good finding ways of bringing community into your business life. And then finding ways of accepting that sometimes business life shuts down and you go hang out with your friends and it's okay. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. Sometimes you got to shut it down. And it's, you know, and it's something that I I had to develop this thing for me that I use called, it's called the Banabu Energy Triad. It's a little program what you're talking about. It's like you basically focus on your three primary energy systems, your physical, your emotional, and your mental energy systems. And you, you move, like you said, dance, get up, ride a bike, do something, do something, get your cells flow, your blood flowing, your cells active. And then the, the community, the input, sometimes it comes from programs that become from like listening to this podcast or listening to an audio or something like that. And it, and it has to be focused on in this process with the energy triad it has to be focused on something that you want to achieve. So if you want a better relationship or you want uh, more money or a better business, you plug into that funnel on top of that funnel some business training with someone that you get inspired by or some relationship advice, someone that you get inspired by, that kind of thing. So you, sometimes I get the community feeling from just doing that. Like when I'm working out at the gym and I'll put headphones on and I'll get someone telling me about whatever, nutrition, something that I need to know more about or, want to, or I'm, I'm inspired to learn more about. You know, there's a process with them activating the emotional stuff, all that kind of business. But, but uh, like you said, the 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 physical activity, the physical movement, the physical energy is the first thing, the quickest and fastest way you can change any kind of mental state you have is using your physical energy. And you can bring in the community. Sometimes it doesn't have to be flesh to flesh. It can be other things. And I love what you said about turning business off. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I'm going to go take a salsa dancing class with my with my wife or my friend or something that has nothing to do with business. Nothing. I mean, it can't, that, that there's, that's so far away from business. It's not even funny, but it, so you turn it off and do other things. And that's hard for entrepreneurs to do because honestly, we, we are a, a rare breed and we work a ton. I mean, it's like we, we work a lot and, and with like tell, I teach people all the time. If you have a job, you check, you clock out at five or six, your job's over. We, we, we never clock out. It could be two to three in the morning. We never clock out because it's our life. It's like, it's our, it's everything we do. So to really shut that down and check out, um, how to do that, 
I'm not even sure if it's possible, honestly. I mean, sometimes on vacations I have, but I've, I've, I've listened to people's advice and all this kind of thing. Like you got to unplug and check out, you know, honestly, there's, there's a, there's a thought of me that says, yeah, that's a good idea. But there's a part of me that says, I, I love, I love my, my stuff. I don't really ever want to check out from it. I like it. It, it fuels me. It fuels my soul. So to me, I don't really want to check out of it. I mean, I'll use everything I do as an example or a teaching lesson for myself or my family or, or people I coach, that kind of thing, because of the way I interpret stuff. But, um, but if it's something that you like, aren't, don't have that kind of intimate relationship with your business, you definitely got to find a way to check it out. How to do that? Wrong guy to ask. Yeah. Wrong guy to even. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, for me, for me, it really is about dancing because I don't check out any other time, and no, I don't on vacation either. So I think once again we hit on what's right for you. You know, if your yep. if your business feeds you until it's draining you, because it obviously if you did it twenty four seven, the energy would stop flowing at some point. Then why the hell do you have to take a vacation where you check out? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, um, we, my, when my husband and I have been together, we've never had a vacation where he didn't bring his computer back in the day. I had a regular old job when we got together and I totally checked out cause I didn't want to hear anything about that job when we were on vacation. <laughs> right, right. And so I wouldn't yeah. bring my computer, but he would, but it also feeds his soul. He's known what he wants to do since he was, you know, whatever 12 and saw star wars it is an ingrained part of who he is and i think it actually would hurt him to you know take two weeks and not do anything it would feel like cutting off a part of his arm or you know i i know exactly what you're saying yeah same thing so and 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 again i mean i'm gonna really like kind of sum this up because it is so simple it's like if you look at the banaboo principles the principles i use to change my life and do what i've done and all this transform everything about it we, we keep talking about the same thing why because it all is the same thing it's always always comes down to the first principle it's like everything's energy in this world everyone knows that like you can get all new agey esoteric you can get mechanical anywhere in between everything's energy and the reason that matters is because you're energy too and and why does that matter because there's one thing that everybody needs to know the only thing you can control the only thing you have 100% control over is your own energy. And we've talked about this time and time again throughout this podcast and this, this interview and this talk is, is, is um, you know, it comes down to what's right for you. Listen to your body. Listen to your heart. Listen to your mind. What's right for you? Blah, 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 right? It's the same <laughs> thing because that's one that you can control. That's, all, that's how you control everything in your life, every outcome and everything that, that, that you have in your life is spit out from whatever, however you interpret and control that, that internal energy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, financially, whatever that your, your kind of energy is going on inside of you. Whatever is in your life is a spit out. It's just like a, it's a machine that spits out crap that is in, in a direct reflection of that. And so it always comes down to like, you know, everything's energy. And it's, if it's causing you pain, then you move this way. If it's causing you pleasure, then you move that way. If it's causing you this, you move that. It's really simple. It actually is very, very simple stuff. I don't, I don't know why we have a hard time um, interpreting some of this stuff. And, and a lot of the programs get really complicated and really heady and heavy and, and really deep down this crazy metaphysical rabbit hole. A lot of some of these things I've looked into and, and with me, it just never, this has never worked. It's just like, it's, you know, what, 
what what actually makes us work as human beings what actually makes us have control to be able to sculpt and our lives and shape and reconstruct our lives and re reconstruct our belief systems and all that kind of thing at to to our will what what actually does that and and what it does it is the principles that I came up with in my journey in my climb so um you know I didn't invent these things I didn't I, I didn't create them it's just that it's nature's laws. I just figured out how to interpret them and how to use them in my own life to where it's simple enough that this uh, a big oaf like me can actually use it <laughs> and do something with it. So <laughs> it's funny how we keep coming back to that same thing, though, because it's always it always comes back to the same thing is my point. Indeed. So just to wrap up, I have two last questions for you. And I just um, I think this is a wonderful way to start the Sweet Spot podcast is just talking about these, these really basic ideas of, of choice, basically. You're choosing to move away from pain. You're choosing to follow something that, that inspires you, whether it makes you know, complete and total logical sense or not. Um, it, what if somebody's like sitting here listening to us and going, oh, wow, I, I, I can do that. And then there's another part of their brain that's like, but I'm way too scattered to start a business. What, what's like the, you know, or they have so many ideas, but they, they're just, that fear is holding them back. How, what's the, what's the next step to take that permission slip and like run with it? Oh, so the question is they have, they have so many ideas. Something's holding them back. What's what's the next step to get started? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. What if there's somebody that just they're listening to us and they're saying, "Wow, I being an entrepreneur, I'm not sure I could do that. I'm way too scattered. I'm I'm afraid that I won't be able to do that." You know, what's what's their next step? Well, okay. So first off, being uh, wow, being an entrepreneur, I'm too scattered, and I'm afraid you're qualified because that's how most of us are, anyways, scattered <laughs> and afraid. And you're, you're you're qualified right there. So that's part of the deal. Um, and that's another thing I'm going to say. It's part of the package. Like people get married and they they think, oh, happily ever after, no problems, no fights, no nothing. And you know, fights are different to everybody, but there's no hard times. No. no. The way you have to understand is going into it is that's part of the deal. That's part of the package, the fun, the, the, the connectivity, the, the sex, the whatever, all that stuff, and along with the disagreements and whatever and the growth and the, and the, the, the whatever, the, the breaking apart and the coming back together, all that stuff is just part of the deal. It's not, it's not um, what I'm trying to say is that there's no perfect path where, where we make up this idea of uh, this is a perfect path, this is how it's got to be, and it's going to be magically this way. No, it's not. Let go of that already. That's the first thing. It's like you're scattered. Good. You know, go out. What I would say is go out and just be a crazy scattered freak. Go nuts. You Being an entrepreneur gives you a canvas to just like – slap all that shit on and you can go, wow, I can actually kind of see what I'm scattered about. I got this, I got that, I got this, what about this, what about that, go here, and they're freaking out and they're all crazy all over the place, I get it. But but, uh, being an entrepreneur gives you a chance to explore those things. Now, is that going to delay any kind of um, progress or success? I don't know. I think it probably would delay it to some degree, but it gives you a chance to explore it. You know, what are you scattered about? You know, the reason the reason I think people are scattered is because they got so many things that they just they have all these open loops. They haven't like actually like like what happens when you poke this stick into the bottle of Diet Coke with Mentos in it, the stick that has like hydrochloric acid on it, what happens? But they never really got a chance to poke the stick in the bottle 
But once you do it, you get it. So you start to become less and less scattered the more you, the more and more you do, I think. So I would say use the, you know, you be excited about being scattered. Use it as an opportunity to explore, to go um, on a journey of discovery and figure out what things are and learn and find wisdom and be excited about it. Uh, that's what I would say. Like, it's, it's cool, man. And, and the next thing was about the permissions of what do you do next? I, I think if you're looking at doing, I mean, what, you, you know, you obviously have to figure out what the hell you want to do and why. Why do you want to do it? Like I know what I'm doing. My my whole drive and, and everything else is is uh is that um and it's simple. And I'll say it just maybe it'll help people if I say what my thing is. I know what I want to do. I want to help. Um, I want to help people. I want to help people in different ways. But really, what the bottom line is, I want to do is. Uh, my my view and my perspective on life is life is kind of shitty sometimes. Life kind of sucks sometimes. Life's kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. And, and it's not all roses and rainbows and happy and all this stuff all the time. There's many things about life that are very awe-inspiring and magnificent and there's happiness and joy. It's, it's both things. But we experience the sucky side a lot more, I think. A lot of people do. And all I want to do is show people like, hey, it doesn't have to suck as bad. It's going to suck sometimes, but not as bad because you have the power to change that. You have the power to control that and you have the power to manipulate that. That's why I want to do that. That's what I want to, that's what, that's what my goal is. And so it's really simple. It's really simple, like, you know, to define that. Like, I just want to help people realize that life doesn't have to suck as bad as it does for them if, if, they, if they look at life as being sucky. Why do I want to do that? Because I grew up in a life that really sucked and I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have the opportunity to know this stuff. So that's why. So it's really, you know, the simple. You define what you want to do and why and, and then, you know, use that scattered craziness to figure out what pieces go into what thing. That's part of the fun, man. It's part of the joy to me. I look at it like, well, that's a fun opportunity to be brand new and, and to be able to not know that, you know, like X plus Y equals Z. And we all know that because we've been doing it for so long. But they're like, wow, this is cool. Look at this. And I, I think it's a neat opportunity to be um, scattered. I know what you're trying to add. I'm not really – I'm kind of – not really answering the question. If people have like a severely scattered mind and whatever, and they're super, as they label it, ADD or whatever that kind of stuff is, um, maybe they won't be a great entrepreneur. I don't know. I'm not going to say like everybody can do everything. So I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe like anybody can be really Rose, go be an NFL football player. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work like that. So I don't, I don't believe in that, but um, if they want to do it, and and unfortunately, it, they're just not. It's not cut out for them. Maybe they just look at look at something an alternative, like being the supporting a supporting role in an entrepreneurial journey, where the person has a culture in their company that lifts people up and celebrates their their strengths and celebrates these people and doesn't ostracize them for being scattered. It celebrates them and knows how to use them. There's not always, you don't always have to be in the king's chair. You can be the Merlin to the king, so to speak, and that's just as gratifying for a lot of people. For more people, actually, they'd rather be the advisor than the person in the spotlight. Um, and honestly, looking at it from a business standpoint, if you're the person behind the scenes that's making things work and helping things out and that kind of stuff, you're not the front man, you actually have an opportunity to make more money. So it's, it's, it pays better, honestly. So um, so there are just some ramblings that, that might help, that might not. Maybe answered your question. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. That's what I, came out I, I don't think there's any like right or wrong answer. It's just, you know, some, something you said is going to strike someone and yeah. help them. So that's, that's the whole point of the question for sure. And for me, 
and you know, I, every piece of that that you just talked about, something else is going to strike, was a new permission slip of you know this this journey that I've been on for the last couple years has been scattered, and it's very unlike me. That kind of different way of thinking about it as this is the fun part, like the poking at you know how many st- <laughs> how many diet cokes did you poke a different kind of stick into um, to you know over the last couple years. Yeah. That's a totally different way of thinking about it than, okay, I did all these things and none of them really brought me, you know, the, what I was looking for. Um, I, I definitely think of them as, as life lessons, but I haven't really thought of them as fun. So it's, a and, and you're right. They were kind of fun. I did a lot of different things and, um, and they were all experiments and life, I think is, is kind of one big experiment and hopefully just like a scientist, we're getting closer and closer to the things that work for us. Yeah. It's an adventure. Um, exactly. It's an adventure. So, um, I have one last kind of fun question that, um, I'm kind of, I'm hoping will be the end of every podcast. We'll see how it, it works out. Yeah. You listeners are all part of this, this, my new adventure. And then um, we'll go into how people can, you know, get more Mike <laughs> if they <laughs> resonated with what's been going on in this podcast. So, Mike, what is something that's on your bucket list that you might just actually do? That's the funniest question to ask me. Someone said something about a bucket list, and I'm like, I don't have one. Like, you need to make one. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, my bucket I, list is made on the fly. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have a bucket list, but it's something that I want to do um, that I uh, that you haven't yet. Man, really? All the way to the end, they put me on a spot like this, and I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, See, it's okay not to have an answer. I don't know that I would have one either, honestly. Yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know because if I want to do something, I just go do it. I don't, I don't like, honestly, like if I want to do something, I go do it. It might make my wife crazy, like whatever it is. If I, if I get a hair at my ass to go get remote control cars, I'll go out and I'll buy like five remote control cars and soup them all up and <laughs> whatever. And I just, and I do it until I'm tired of it. So I just, uh, my bucket list is just like on the fly, like, oh, that sounds cool. And I just go do it. So, um. Is there anything you're waiting till your kids grow up to do? No, you know, part of it for me is I just, I don't like, I'm not, I don't like being in cages. And so I hate to, I don't hate to fly, but I don't like to travel because I don't like being in a cage. I like to have a motorcycle and I'm free and blah, blah, blah. But um, the the flying part is is kind of a, it's really hard for me to travel and I don't drink and I'm sober. I don't do drugs or anything. So I, it's like people like, Oh, just have, have a glass of well, a couple of beers and, and, a, and a Xanax and you're good. Like, well, yeah, but I don't do that. So it doesn't work for yeah. me. Um, but I do want to, uh, there are a couple of things I'd like to see. I'd like to see, I'd like to go to, um, the gladiator place. What the hell is that? The Coliseum where mm-hmm. the gladiators went and then check out, um, the, the pyramids in Egypt. Probably those two things are what my travel, my travel, the, the travel i guess um restrictions are causing causing me to yeah. not go do that's it so th- those those would be fun to do and i'll and honestly now that i said it, i'll probably do them this summer so. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of been my hope is that that question will kind of like spur on um some people you know thinking about things that that they haven't been thinking about especially with creative entrepreneurs because we can get 
we can get a little focused on the business of it all. So I know that putting competing and dancing on my bucket list, which I had no idea was even there until one day I just sat down and was writing. Like, what would my what would my perfect life be like in five years if, you know, I didn't have to worry about how I got there or what the money was like? And all of a sudden it was on the paper. And I was like, really? Yeah. And yeah. It, eight months later, I was already competing. There you go. Um, so I just find like, it might be a question that just makes some things happen. So the entire um, message here is create a bucket list, people. <laughs> figure out what else you want to do. <laughs> But, you know, like, what is it that that is you're being called to do in whatever way that 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 you're being called? Um, yeah, I think the entire message of this podcast is you're a very powerful person and uh, and that you should listen to your energy. Yes, <laughs> precisely. Everybody. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Let let all our listeners know how they can find you. Yeah, you can just go to banaboo.com. It's B-A-N-A-B-U. It's an acronym for building a new and better universe. So banaboo.com. Great. Thank you so much. We, you I bet. really appreciate you being my first podcast. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Want to learn more? Go to www.thesweetspot.com to get the links and notes about everything we talked about today. Be on the lookout for the next episode where I talk to Chris Hedricks and his partner, Jeff Lawson, founders of Perfectly Afflicted, a movement starting with a clothing line to fight bullying from the inside out. Don't miss it.